This is The Guardian. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. Banana foam, core twister, brain freeze, and grandma's peanut butter fudge. These aren't the contents of a sweet shop, but flavours of e-cigarette liquids, otherwise known as vapes. And while they might be enjoyed by adults with a sweet tooth, lots of experts are worried these sugary concoctions are also enticing increasing numbers of young people into vaping. You only have to look at the popularity of vaping videos on TikTok to see how big it's become for Gen Z. So when you take the hit, you kind of want to make your mouth like this. You know what I mean? And then when you inhale it, you want to wrap around and go like this. You know what I mean? So here you go. Let me show you again. Video for you beginner vapers. I hope that this helped you out with looking cooler when you rip and hope you have a good rest of your day. In fact, last week, England's chief medical officer, Professor Chris Whitty, voiced his concern that some vape products are deliberately being marketed to children. I think everyone agrees that marketing vaping, an addictive product with unknown consequences for developing minds, to children is utterly unacceptable. Yet it is happening. So how many under-18s are actually vaping? What does the evidence say about the risks for young people? And how do we stop another generation getting hooked on nicotine? 
From The Guardian, I'm Madeline Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Sarah Bosley, it is lovely to have you back on the podcast. You're the former health editor at The Guardian and a health journalist, and recently you wrote about how vaping amongst teens is on the rise. So give me the context to all of this, because e-cigarettes were initially just designed to be a smoking cessation tool, right? Yes, right. Initially, they were actually rather ugly, clunky things when they were first developed. And they were very definitely aimed at people who wanted to stop smoking. I don't think the stuff tasted very good either. Uh, They contain nicotine. And obviously, that is the um, addictive substance in cigarettes. But it's not harmful in the way that tar is. So people who were dying of lung cancer were not dying because of the nicotine. They were dying because of the tar. So it seemed like a good idea. Then they took off because you get companies making these things and they want to make them as attractive as possible. And that's in order to expand their market. So you see in a lot of shops, you've got these lovely arrays of brightly colored boxes and they contain um, very user-friendly devices that have these wonderful flavors. Now, the companies will tell you that that's actually aimed at young people. But of course, the under 18s think they are just as attractive as the over 18s do. The UK vaping market is now huge. It's worth more than a billion a year. And there are these vaping shops on what feels like every high street. And it's all over social media as well. There's billions of views on TikTok of videos about vaping. So it does seem like there is this real culture that's developed around it. But Do we know how many young people are actually vaping? Well, if we're talking about young people as in under 18s, that's the market that we really worry about. ASH, Action on Smoking and Health, does regular surveys of this. And their figures show that it's something like 7% now of the 11 to 17s. And that's up from 4% in 2020. So you could say it's nearly doubled in two years. That's still not a huge percentage, of course, but it's enough to make people quite worried. And the companies, like you said, they're saying that they're marketing to young people over 18s. So what do they make of accusations that they're marketing these products actually towards under 18s, towards children? Well, they deny that. Um, Actually, the most popular brands in the UK, Elf Bar, for instance, and Geek Bar, those are made in China by companies in China in Shenzhen. And they're not the sort of British companies that you can demonstrate outside of or anything like that. It's not like uh, the big tobacco companies. So the accusations tend to slide off them a little bit because they're, they're sort of not a visible presence in the UK. But the products clearly are. Despite the kind of strong regulations in the UK, last week, Professor Chris Whitty, the Chief Medical Officer in England, gave evidence to members of Parliament on this issue during a health and social care committee. And he made some pretty strong comments on vapes being marketed towards children. Do you think we're looking at this being potentially, you know, the next smoking epidemic? I don't, actually. I think the smoking problem we've got is with older people. Kids will try to smoke and they will try to vape if they can obtain 
the stuff they need. We have got um, a prohibition in law for them to buy vapes, but it isn't enforced. And the reason it's not enforced is because it's down to the local authorities to do that. And they, of course, are incredibly cash strapped and they have a lot of things they need to spend their money on. And they are not going around these shops saying, are you um, selling these things to the under 18s or more to the point, perhaps, you know, sending people in undercover just to observe what happens. these factors, social media, bright colours and fun flavours, the lack of resources to check who's being sold these products, means that vaping is rapidly on the rise amongst teens. So to find out more about the potential risks and evidence, I spoke to Linda Bald, Professor and Chair of Public Health at the University of Edinburgh and Chief Social Policy Advisor to the Scottish Government. Linda, just to start us off, I want to talk about the evidence for vaping as a tool to stop smoking. What do we know about that? The evidence for vaping as a tool to stop smoking has built over time. It's actually very strong now. We have several large randomised control trials, so well-conducted studies that show that vaping is highly effective, in fact, more effective than nicotine replacement therapy for smoking cessation. If you speak to most vapors, they'll say they don't plan to do it indefinitely. But we do see people use it for longer than nicotine replacement therapy. So in one large randomized control trial, uh, almost 80% of people were still vaping at one year. So it does seem that people use vaping for a longer period after they stop smoking. And increasingly, actually, some countries are looking at programs to help people stop vaping. What are you actually breathing in in comparison to a traditional cigarette when you vape? So most vaping products contain propylene glycol or glycerin, which in itself is not harmful. We use it in lots of different products. You're also breathing in constituents that are in the flavoring. And sometimes we've been concerned about those, which is why some compounds are banned like diacetyl in vapes in the UK and elsewhere. But you certainly are breathing in things that, you know, if you weren't a smoker and you weren't switching to vaping, you could avoid. So let's get into these concerns around young people vaping and particularly using e-cigarettes regularly. One of the concerns is this highly addictive substance, nicotine. Do we know what impact nicotine might have on children or adolescents? Nicotine is addictive. It's dependence forming. And not in all ways. A lot of medicinal nicotine products we don't see form high levels of addiction. And we found, you know, with young people, people can become feel dizzy or they're distracted. They're not concentrating, maybe because they, they need their next vape or their next cigarette. You know, people can become irritable and stressed if they don't have access to nicotine. Nicotine itself is not harmful. You know, it's prescribed NRT to people with heart conditions. We can give it to pregnant women who smoke. But for young people who've never smoked, of course, we don't want them using that drug. And a few years ago, it feels like now, there were some really kind of scary, rare cases that kind of came out in the media that were to do with vaping, you know, having really significant impact in in the young people who had been vaping. But I wonder what general evidence there is on any possible health impacts of vapes, particularly on young people? There were a significant number of cases, primarily in the USA, some in Canada a few years ago, 
from contraband, from contaminated vapes, the so-called Evali outbreak. But sadly, some young people lost their lives and young adults. And these were vaping products that contained vitamin E acetate. They were frequently using cannabis oil or cannabis products. They were vaping cannabis effectively, which you can do when you fill the cartridge with uh, that e-liquid. Um, and at the time, the Center for Disease Control didn't know what was causing it. So they effectively sent the message to the public, stop vaping. But we now know that those were, it was an outbreak, like a public health outbreak caused by a chemical that shouldn't have been there. More generally, we do expect vaping, if people use it who've never smoked over a long period, including young people, to have uh, respiratory effects, so effects on the lungs, particularly young developing lungs. Some colleagues have noted that there are carcinogens in e-cigarette vapor at much lower levels than smoking, but obviously that's a concern and that may lead to health risks in the future that we don't understand. And these are all reasons put together why we don't want young people who've never smoked to vape. And I wondered as well whether there was any evidence of vaping changing the rates of smoking as well amongst teenagers, because smoking had been declining. And is it still declining? Or could vaping be a gateway into traditional cigarettes even? A number of studies have suggested that there is a gateway effect. What they tend to ignore is that there is an accumulation of risky behaviours, often in the same young people. So the better test of is vaping causing young people to smoke is smoking rates, given that both products are available. And what we've seen is consistent declines in youth smoking over a number of years in the UK, due primarily to tobacco control regulation, taxes, plain packaging, whatever, lots of different measures. We do not have evidence at the population level that vaping is causing more young people to smoke. Why do you think it is that the amount of young people vaping is going up? So it's really interesting because regulation may have caused some of this. A few years ago, the US took real action against cartridge pod devices, particularly a brand called Juul. So manufacturers try to find a different way to sell their products that gets around these restrictions. And what we see now is a huge rise in disposable vaping products. 52% of young people were using disposable vapes in 2022 compared to 7% in 2021. So these products have flooded the market and they're causing an increase, Not probably not only in youth vaping, but they're probably becoming a product that's used by, by smokers and others as well, just because they're cheap, they're accessible, they come in lots of nice colours, and it's a shift in the market. How concerned do you think we should actually be? I don't think we should be as worried about this as you would believe if you read the newspapers or the media. There's a huge panic about these products. I mean, to put it in context, almost 84% of 11 to 17-year-olds in Great Britain have never tried or are unaware of e-cigarettes. You know, we do not have an explosion in youth vaping. We have an increase that I think we need to deal with by some policy shifts, not big ones. We already have very comprehensive vaping regulations in the UK. We have an age of sale. We have a ban on most forms of marketing. We have limits on nicotine. We have a nicotine warning. We have childproof and tamper-proof packaging. We regulate the constituents of e-cigarettes. That's a really comprehensive policy framework. The real priority for vaping is to help smokers quit, and they are phenomenally successful at doing that. And we now have the second lowest rates of smoking in Europe, and vaping has helped us get there, in addition to all the other really strong tobacco control laws. If I look at the other challenges that face young people's health in the UK, we have the highest levels of childhood obesity in Europe. Here in Scotland, we have the highest in the UK overall. 
Uh, we are still worried about, obviously, drug use in young people. And we've got huge inequalities in health that we need to deal with. So let's take action to address youth vaping, but let's not take the products away from adult smokers. And let's put it in perspective and not panic. So we need to find regulations that stop young people taking up vaping without making it harder for smokers to swap over. What does that look like? It's a question I put to Sarah Bosley. I think you probably have to make vapes look a lot less interesting, I'm afraid. And you have to hope that it won't deter too many of the older people. You should, in my view, display them in plain packaging. I don't see any reason why they should be so uh, attractive and brightly coloured. We do it for cigarettes, so why can't we do it for vapes? Then you can keep them behind the counter. Again, we do that with cigarettes. You can ban cartoon characters on packs. Um, No reason for those to be there. No bright colours or lighting up vapes. Packs, those that are single-use vapes, because that's not actually environmentally friendly anyway, have some sort of registration scheme for businesses who sell them and have mandatory age verification for anyone who looks under 25, which might um, concentrate the minds of some of the shop owners, perhaps. And then, of course, you need more money for the councils because those are the people who've actually got to enforce these rules. A thanks to both Sarah Bosley and to Professor Linda Bald. And that's it from us today. The producers were me, Madeline Finley and Eli Block. The sound design was by Tony Onachuku. And the executive producer was Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A third of students are less than happy about their university choice. New research by EY has revealed The findings suggest that a digital rethink is essential to meet the expectations of students and staff. Universities can address this by putting the needs of the people they serve at the heart of their digital strategies. Learn more about the future of human-centered higher education at theguardian.com forward slash transforming higher education. This message was paid for by EY.